We're talking about money today, which is everyone's favorite topic. Jim Ed told me he's been waiting for this for a long time. He's been feeling extra greedy lately and is just really wanting to, to be moved today. So I'm actually, man, I'm going to try to do so many things here in the next 40 minutes. Um, the first is we're going to look at a little financial report about our church here in Garland. We do this um, about every year. Believe it or not, Shannon was up here a little more than a year ago, um, but we want you to know what we're up to. We want you to know where all your monies go that you give us, and um, so we're going to do that, and I'm going to preach uh, about money again. And so a, a couple caveats here, especially if you're new around here or visiting, um, this is a cool thing we do as a family, but I, I don't want you to to feel like some undue amount of guilt or or anything so i am gonna ask our people to be generous just over and over today um a theme but uh it's it's for us and it's as we buy into the vision and, and really follow christ in that so if you're new around here um i want you to to feel okay and some of that as you think through what what god may be wanting for you on that topic all right, Northeast Church Financial Report. Let's turn the slide. I've got slides. You know, I'm a business major. We can't talk about finances without slides because we're not as smart as, like, the finance people. Where's Paulo? He's going to be rolling his eyes this whole time. We can talk later if you want Paulo. Any of my other CPAs, Joe, Josh, correct me later. I got this. I'm, I'm rounding some stuff. I'm trying to do simple terms. I want people to understand like what we're up to and, and where we're at. This slide with the many bars on the right, um, if you can't see the, the fine print, we're looking at 2018 all the way through 22. Um, the bar on the left is income. The bar on the right for each year's expenses. And the scale we're looking at, we're hovering around about $400,000 annually, up to uh, closer to $600,000 most recently, but not quite. The second bullet, I want you all to know, all of this excludes a $300,000 insurance claim that you may remember, starting in late 21 through much of 22, this place was under construction, at least on the outside. And so we had some water damage on the roof, I guess we were blessed to get a a good chunk of change from insurance, and we got to to remake and and work on our building here. But uh, just to look at sort of more business-as-usual activities, that is excluded. So if you add that in, we actually brought in um, closer to 700K in 21 and spent almost 800K last year, which, yeah, I want you to feel that. It's a big number. So we, uh, we have a lot going on. And so these next few slides will show what's up. The last point I want to make, you will see some years in the black here and some years in the red. And that can just depend, you know, we do the calendar year and so where it breaks and what's going on. But on average, year over year, we break even, which is sort of by design. Like we feel called to invest the money you give in local missions, foreign missions, and, and people, and staff. And so we, we're going to spend what you give us. And so that's 
what you see happening over there. But we, we do play it close sometimes. And we've had entire years where we spent a little more than we brought in. Let's turn the slide. This is the same time frame, 2018 to 2022. And these are donations. So this is what you all have given. And so the, the biggest thing I want you to hear from this slide is like a thank you. Like you guys have been a tremendously generous church for years. We've been doing this for 25 years now. Uh, you can see it, cut, it, it goes up and down a little bit. You know, the down from 2019 to 2020 is everything. That was pandemic. That was expected. But the overall trend is, is growth on average. And so we certainly, we, we do grow. We, I got a question. The colors, I, I'll tell you, it's the third bullet right there. But yeah, so the colors, um, I just hadn't, I hadn't quite got there yet on them, my bad. The details of these donations. Um, so we're looking at general contributions, which is, in general, what you give regularly or, or sporadically. It's not earmarked for anything specific. We earmark specific stuff for our India missions, and, and that's the second color. And so you can see that bounces around quite a bit, but it can be a significant amount. And lately, you know, in this time frame, Josh has really been leading us, but we've raised quite a bit of money to build that school with Sugamar over there. And so um, you can see some of that playing out in the last few years. The third color which gets small in some of this, is the special contribution. I'm going to talk more about this in a couple minutes because we often do need to ask for special contributions. We did that last year with the construction stuff. We'll do it when we bring on new staff for various reasons, to take care of the parking lot. Uh, often the special contribution is absolutely necessary for us to, to make it year over year. And the last thing on top is benevolence. So... That's what gets earmarked specifically for benevolence. We do a lot more benevolence than what's just specifically earmarked from you for that. We'll give in benevolence from the general fund as our body needs it or as people come to the building and, and need it sporadically. So it's growing. Thank you. We're going to look at the 2020 U, 2022 year specifically now. So turn the slide. This is last year's donations. $527,000. That's awesome. I do want you to feel proud. Um, 75 regular donors in 22. That is, is people who gave at least once a month each month of 22. So there could be some new ones since then. Um, that's not an exact you know, calculation because some very regular people may have missed a month, whatever. I don't know who those people are. We do that on purpose, but um, we want those stats to, to be known. And so you can look around. I think it's okay to, all right, so 75, and this is individuals and families. Certainly, we have a whole bunch more than 75 people here today. But again, families are represented. Um, but surely, like every church, we have people that participate and don't contribute. And um, we would like you to contribute. Uh, I think the generosity that we see in God is, is something that he feels is very important. But the pie chart, everyone loves a good pie chart. 
some details to how the donations broke down. The biggest section, that's the general contributions, about 370K. The next biggest, last year was special, 89K. That's the largest special contribution we've done in a long time. And I should mention, Focus gave us about 40K of that, and Wiley gave us another 10K, specifically around the construction efforts to keep this building whole, to repair the, the water damage. You know, they use it a ton. They were eager. They, they wanted to help us in that. So they need, they need credit there. But the rest was, was all you. You know, close to, uh, what's the math there? About a little over 40,000 and extra special that you guys contributed when we asked you to. India last year, we brought in 63. And again, some of that is still sitting in an account waiting to, to fund that school. Um, but we send a regular amount to India every single month. That's our, our man Sugamar and several local pastors that he coordinates. And the last sliver is just specific benevolence. There was earmarked. That's usually in December when we do around Christmas each year when we say, hey, let's make sure we're all taken care of, like our people here in this room, and you guys give extra specifically for that. One more slide. Not one more, but let's turn. <laughs> this is the breakdown of the expenses last year. So about $480,000. Um, the breakdown with the pie chart again. So this, uh, the biggest portion is always staff. We, uh, you know, if you compare what churches pay to staff, we, we do a lot more. But it is um, not a lot more on average. It's a lot more in percentage of our budget. And some of that is just made possible by the fact that we were given this building 25 years ago. Um, we live debt-free as a church, which is like policy for us. We feel that's important, but we were blessed and enabled to do that from the beginning because the, the Walnut Village Church, John Mack was talking about, you know, some of the elder statesmen here. We have families from that church still who bought into what Ronnie and that initial crew were doing, and they said, hey, we want to join you and have a free building. You, you can't overstate the blessing that that's been for, for our entire history. And so we get to do some cool things because of that. Um, 307K about to our paid staff. So that's eight people. I want to break this down. Um, eight people is, is more than we've paid uh, in a long time. We added Clay and Preston last year uh, to a six that have been pretty consistent for a while. Uh, we brought Garrett over last year as well, right? So it was really five before those three. And, um, you know, we feel it's very important to, to pay people. But this, I mean, you can do some math. You know, you can take 307 divided by eight. It's not a large average. It's less than 40K. It's only paying one full-time person. We have one full-time staff here. Um, we probably should have more than that. The... That is more than just payroll. So it's, it's payroll, but it's also expense reimbursement, medical reimbursement, some insurance, a little bit of retirement contributions. If you ever see your HR company at work trying to tell you how much more they do for you than your salary, um, that's what I'm trying to do here. Um, so we, uh, we scrape by. We have people that are 
dedicated to doing a lot for very little, and we want to grow in that. But the other big pieces of the pie, so missions was about 75K last year. We, this is Focus, the, the campus ministry that we support as a church, uh, in addition to many of you individually that I know do that, separately from what you give here. Um, it's Sugamar in India, like I've mentioned. It's the Willits in West Africa and Italy and the whole Bible translation efforts. And so um, it's very cool things we get to participate in as a real small church here in Garland. Um, construction over the insurance claim. So I mentioned that at the beginning. We, we spent more than what the insurance gave us. We did that on purpose. We used the opportunity to remodel the bathrooms back there, except for the transitions on the floor. Um, Garrett's laughing because he said he did that about a year ago. Um, just kidding. So, and that's just 22. We spent some more in 21. I'll tell you, we put close to 400K into the building the last 18 months. Um, so that's unusual. We don't do that, and we feel very good, and we're set up for a while, but there's, all, there's always some things. So all the other things get piled in that operations budget, and so that's where you'd usually see regular building maintenance, utilities, building insurance. We pay for events and overages or you know, falling short on retreats or whatever. We pay for food for events. So there's always, you know, Operations And in our family of churches, we probably have more than that than the others because of this beautiful building that we all share and love and have. But that's how the ex- expenses break down. I think I got one more. I could be wrong. I got a couple more. So what? Um, I want to give you a couple more pictures and, you know, kind of ask you to, to help us more and more. So we, we're a bit of a paycheck-to-paycheck church. Um, you know, just traditional wisdom. There's things that we can be proud of. That debt-free thing is just so crazy and so awesome, and, and it's, it's really good. But, but we're tight around here. So the average account balance in 22 for our general fund was $48,000. The average monthly spend uh, is like $37K. And so if you think of us as an individual, we're certainly not following like a, you know, a Dave Ramsey that says you should have three to six months expenses saved up. Um, and we probably should be a little better there. And so that's not uh, only um, you know, our donations, but some of how we, we deal with the money as well uh, as the leader team. But that's where we are today. The, the middle one here, our general giving doesn't cover expenses. That's not new. So that, that's what happened last year, but it happens a lot. And so I, I said that about our special contributions. You've told us in surveys before, and we talk all the time individually, right, that you enjoy, you like. Tell us about the specific things. We, there's excitement when there's like a, a goal and a thing to give to. And so we do that regularly. But I... This is an area where I think we could grow um, on both sides again, but you know we should work towards a place where our our general regular consistent givings will will cover the the budget we have in mind and so if you're just thinking about this year, we expect to spend about four hundred and forty k 
And that could come up and down. There's a lot of nuances there, and that's a lot less than we spent last year. Um, but the total general giving donations we brought in last year was 370. So you can see uh, the gap there. And some of that, you know, the, uh, you can take earmarked for India out of there. And so it's really more like 410 versus 370. But we wanted you to, to know that. And, and we could use um, growth in our consistent, how consistent our giving is. Uh, and it would help us plan and, and purpose better. Because ultimately, the last thing here, we want to do more. We want to pay more ministers. We want to pay ministers more. Uh, we want to grow leaders just early and often over and over. We want to grow ministries. We want to plant churches. So we are a part of a family of churches. And, you know, because of Ronnie's influence or whatever, we're kind of the founding church, right? A, a lot still kind of funnels through here, and we send a lot of people out to each of our new church plants. We have every time so far, and so we're constantly in this business. We feel called by God to build up leaders, to teach people how to do this deal, and, and then send them out. And so ultimately, we're limited by, by what we get. And so you've told us you, you know, want to know, and so... I'm trying to, to make that clear today. And we can get more specific in the future as well. But we're going to uh, spend everything you give us. And I hope you can be confident and, and reassured that you see the, the vast majority going to people, going to missions. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. I do have one more slide. And uh, here's where I get a little preachy. I did steal this content, though. This is from our sister church in Wiley, and John Von Runnett sent it to me. I think James Sanderlin actually put this together a few years ago. But it's just a way to think about sort of where you're at with, with giving. And I, and I do want to ask you this question, like, which giver are you? And so I'm going to hit this real quick. A rookie giver is someone who thinks giving is a chore. So this is a first-time sporadic giver. It's not pre-planned, hasn't yet really partnered financially with the, the mission of the local church. And, and if you're here, you probably still feel some pangs. You feel some discomfort when you give. The, you know, we, we want to keep it, and it's difficult to let go of. Um, I've been there, right? I think uh, some of us are probably still there. The regular giver. This is where you say giving is now a habit. So we're a conscious giver. It's a consistent part of our budget. Uh, like we see the visions. We have intentions to, to contribute. We know what's happening. We want to participate. Uh, giving goes from being unusual to the new normal. I would say we got at least 75 families and people there based on that last slide, right? We got a lot of people here. This is good. Um, you know, we, if keep going, that we call it a relational giver. Or here, giving really becomes a priority. So here, the relational giver is fully bought in on the mission and vision. And they see giving as completely essential. They want to give in line with their income, and they make space for sporadic needs. Uh, here, you can say, my money is no longer mine. We, we trust in God. It's growing and growing, and, and we see it as, as God's. And I think we've got... People in this camp, too, 
Um, last one, like radical giver. So this is what? This is a team giver. Here, giving is a hunger. This is a driven giver. They've totally revamped their frame of mind. They're giving from a true passion. You know, they dictate their spending and lifestyle around giving, not the other way around. And they no longer ask, how much should I give, but how much should I keep? That's challenging. I, uh, I'm not there yet. I think I'd like to be one day. I think we've got maybe a handful there. Um, but that's the sort of flow that we see. And I'm going to try and transition here into uh, a very short sermon. But I want you to, to consider this. You know, um, I'll try to make it clear from, from some scripture here as well. But we do this because God has showed us to do this. We want to be generous because He is generous. And, um, yeah, we do this because we're convinced of his love for us and that ultimately this is best in the end. So, I'm going to close this part of it. If you have any questions, we um, want to give you more details about our, our books, if you're interested in it. Um, if you have ideas, or, or yeah, come talk to me. And, uh, and we want to make it clear what we're about and, and why we're about it according to our money and spending habits. Okay, so the series we've been in is our wisdom series. And we've just got a couple more here. We're, we're wrapping up and heading to a new series in a few weeks. But today uh, is about wisdom and wealth. And again, we thought these two went together. I, I really hope this isn't hitting you as just like slapping you across the face with money guilt. Um, that's not the intent. Money is just such a tremendously huge topic, though. And we are a frank church, and we do this every now and then, and, and we're not like scared of, of getting in here with you. Um, but money is, is crazy. It dominates our culture. Like It's a driving factor and motivator for so much of our existence. It really has been throughout human history. This is just the, the beast behind the machine, often. It's tied to some of our most you know, base-level motivators, like fear and a sense of security, our sense of well-being, you know, far too often gets tied up into how much money we have. It's, it's also, it gets mixed in with the heart-level issues. So it's so greed and envy, but also happiness and joy. Money tries to sneak into all of this and, and reshape it and define it in terms of what we have and how much we have. So it, it's clearly a, a necessary thing, but it's just also a huge temptation and a source of pain and anxiety. Far too often it's connected to our personal sense of worth and value. You know, we could go on and on, but it's no surprise that the Bible has a lot to say about money. Uh, Jesus, specifically through the Gospels, he's always talking about money. And when he's not talking about money, he's using money as illustrations in his parable to make other points. Like, it, it's a big deal. You know, in, in planning this, 
I, uh, I was getting a little overwhelmed. You know, I love, you know, just sort of going back to the drawing board on any topical sermon. And you, uh, even just from Proverbs, you know, we've been preaching a lot out of, out of Proverbs here. And you uh, do word searches just for like wealth or riches or poverty. You can get dozens of hits from Proverbs alone. And I would encourage you, like, go do that. Read all of those. Like, let them sink in. There, there's a ton to glean from that. But it's, it, it's too much to do here today. So my, my goal today is really not to try and convince you of anything specifically for your personal situation. Um, but I want to convince you to let God in again or, or anew into your decision making with money. I want to convince you to let a close friend or two into your money into your decision-making with how much you give and spend and save. And in doing that, um, you know, briefly, I want to show this is very complicated. And it demands a a spirit-led attitude. And um, I want to show that even in that complication, you can get past it and just say that generosity is always the right answer. And so maybe it doesn't have to be so complicated. And then finally, I, I want to encourage you to bring it into the light, personally, in, in your circle and in your situation. So, you know, just a couple of examples. The Bible, over and over again, give to the poor. The, the law is, is set up in just this very cool way to make uh, part of their normal life uh, ensuring their trifecta of needy people they talk about over and over, the, the strangers among them, the widows and the orphans, which is just code for anyone who's need in need around you. So laws were structured to enforce that they had enough, and it demanded generosity from the Israelites to make it happen. You know, we know the story of the rich young ruler with Jesus, who's doing all this stuff, and he's like, what do I need to inherit eternal life? And Jesus is like... You're almost there to sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then, then come follow me. And that, you know, he went away sad because he was wealthy. So, so give to the poor. Like that, that's pretty clear. Except or unless, you know, Jesus is in need of expensive perfume broken over his head and feet. Like Mary did. Um, it's a story we may look at in a minute. And so, it's complicated. He said, you'll always have the poor with you. You won't always have me. And he honored this choice to extravagantly give, extravagantly give a significantly expensive gift. And the people there with him were indignant that, hey, you should have sold that and given it to the poor. You know, Proverbs says things like this from chapter 3 over and over. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. That's cool. We like overflowing barns, right? Just be careful that you're not the rich man in the parable in Luke 12 who built bigger barns to hold his harvest and God called him evil. You know, the, the call from wisdom, Lady Wisdom in, in Proverbs 8, it's a long list of all the things she has to offer us. But part of that, 
Wisdom says, with me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. That sounds great. Then Jesus in Luke 6 says, Woe to you who are rich, for you've already received your comfort. Which is it? But Luke also tells us about this small group of women who basically funded Jesus' traveling ministry out of their wealth. God does want to bless us, and sometimes financially. But we've talked about it a million times. The prosperity gospel falls flat on its face when you look at Jesus or Paul, or just countless Christians we know today dedicated to serving and following him and dirt poor. And, and Proverbs you know, offers wealth and all this with wisdom, um, but it also it goes beyond that. And, and wealth is... You know, true wisdom is the tree of life. And it, it surpasses, it's better than gold and silver, is the, the sort of final message in Proverbs. So it, it's complicated. To deal with money wisely, you need to be led by the Spirit of God. And you need to be moved situation by situation uh, to a, a more and more generous heart. There's not one magic formula that we can follow. Even just for like one small local church here, there's not a magic formula I can say all of you have to do. Forget a worldwide kingdom of believers and countless different cultures and lifestyles. There's no magic percentage of your gross earnings that you are called to give. We've talked about the tithe before. We don't have time to get into it. Um, it's something evangelicalism in America likes to push. It's, uh, it's a little weird, just picking something out of the Old Testament. But the proponents are like, well, it's pre-law too. Abraham gave it to Melchizedek. And even when Jesus was harping on the Pharisees for doing everything wrong, he says, yeah, you should still tithe your little herb plants. But it's... Uh, it's a bigger deal than that. There's not a magic percentage. There isn't a certain level of earnings at which point we can just call you too rich and selfish. People can be very selfish with little money. People can be very generous with a whole bunch of money. And vice versa. The call to generosity isn't some membership fee that, that you give to your church just to get in. And be right with God. It's not a set it and forget it thing. We love to do that. You know, we love to find a percentage so that we can just exit the thought process and say that's good and on the side. To the point that even generous people that have built good habits just lose sight. They don't feel it anymore. They don't think about it anymore. And, and they do what they want with the rest. There's no way to legalistically like move this off your radar. I want to challenge you to bring it back into focus and consider what you're doing and why. And again, the, the call to this is, is because we're called to be like God. He is a giver. For God so loved the world that He gave. Like Jesus gave everything. And so if all of that you know, does complicate it for us, 
you know, I want you to sit there and realize how much help we need individually to sort through this with the Spirit, with others. But if, if you need a clear-cut answer, generosity is always right. And if you need to default somewhere, like generosity always wins. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because we're coming up short on time, I want to give you some homework. Um, I want you to read Matthew 6, where he wraps up and says you can't serve both God and money. Like Money wants you to serve it. There is spiritual forces of evil that will use this stuff to tear you apart. You can't serve both. Read 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 10. Punchline, those who want to get rich fall into a temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Who wants to get rich? Well, before you said that, I did. Read Matthew 26, verses 6 through 13. That's the woman who broke perfume worth a year of wages over Jesus' feet. Read Luke 12, 13 through 21. This is that guy who uh, had a good harvest, and he's like, man, what should I do? I know. I'm just going to build bigger barns so I can keep all this, and like I'll be set. I'll eat, drink, and be merry. And Jesus tore into him. He called him evil. That guy's living the American dream. He just has a nice 401k. Like, deal with that. You know, pray through it. Being wise with money is savings. It is looking towards retirement. But our typical cultural view of I can't wait to have enough to do nothing, that's not godly. So if I was going to summarize through a bunch of points I didn't get to make, um, if you want to be wise with money, um, here's some things to do. You should work hard, but work is, is about a lot more than just money. You should build habits now, especially young people, like now. One of the things I hear most about talking to, you know, I guess more aged people about money is regret about big purchases. You know, cars and homes or, um, you know, the the lifestyle decisions that people feel um, completely lost in later on. You can make decisions now that will tie you up into a completely inflexible state later. So as soon as you can, wherever you are, build habits you'll be proud of later now. You know, live below your means, just on the regular. Do not spend everything you make. We got to cancel like the comparison game and the posturing, you know, so much. We define a good career by the salary. We we, you know, define success by some brand of car or like it's nonsense. And and we all know it's nonsense. And then we find ourselves in it again. And you look up and like what happened? Like, there are spiritual forces of evil pulling you. Like, our entire 
industries like the ad revenue, just over and over materialism. You have to be purposeful here or you will get swept away. Be generous, early, often, always. Do save some money. Don't suffer alone. We, uh, we're pretty good at sharing with each other here. There's a huge call for believers to share with each other. Read you know, the early chapters of Acts. Um, they were selling possessions so that everyone had enough, like in a very radical way that we can't even come to comprehend in our current individualistic cultures. But it's so sad when I hear about financial suffering after the fact. We, for us to practice this, we need to know what's happening. So don't suffer alone. There are people here that want to help you. Finally, so bring all this into light. So this, this is the main point I want you to get. I've said this before from up here, but I'm just going to keep saying it. We are too private about our money, period. That, that comes from our culture. It's very taboo to ask about salaries and this, that, or the other. And it just breeds selfishness. And it breeds anxiety. And it breeds depression. Like, it, it's terrible. So you don't need to, like, post it. Everyone doesn't need to know everything. You need to share with someone the, the details. Like, specifically, what do you make? What do you spend? What do you save? What do you give? Like, find a friend you can have a conversation with about this and use the spirit within us to, to make sure we're not just going crazy all on our own. You know, culturally, we are just completely wired to accumulate, accumulate, like, for ourselves, over and over. Even with good motives, it's for my family, it's for my tribe. It's like, but it's just building it and ultimately it becomes about our trust and we trust in our bank account more than we trust God. So I need to stop. There's just millions of things to be said about this topic and um, we, we will do that over time and I hope you will take this away and engage in some meaningful prayer time with God you know, set before him all those details and ask open, honest questions and then be quiet and, and wait for him. And share with a close friend or mentor what you do and why. And, and let's be, you know, graceful for one another in that, but try to move each other towards a, a more Jesus style of, of dealing with money. Okay. Let's see, we're right at 11.30. Um, We'll wrap here. All right, let's pray. God, you are so good to us. And it's just incredible to, to really count the ways that you've blessed us. And I know we don't even see most of what you're doing for us. And so please just give us, you know, more and more insight into how generous you are. And may that roll over into... Uh, you know, heart changes within each of us, that we would try to be as generous as you are, that we would build a, a lifestyle around kingdom motives and kingdom purposes before anything else, God. Uh, may we be a faithful church to you and, and do our very best with what you've given us, God. But we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.